You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. In with our 35 and under academy interviews uh, we're moving right along with these we're kind of getting close to the end so we're trying to save these best for last as we say so we're going to go ahead with today's episode we got coach healed from lawrence currently he's at lawrence high school and like i tell you guys they know their background the best so coach is going to go ahead and let loose with his playing days all of his coaching days and where he is now go ahead coach yeah, so I played at JL Man High School um, under Joe Watson, then went to North Greenville University, kind of when they're going through a coaching change. I was lucky enough to play for Jamie Chadwell and Chad Staggs and had Coach Wilcox as my GA. Um, after that, I went to the NFL Combine and got an invitation to try out with the Atlanta Falcons and uh, – lasted maybe a day or two before they were like, Hey man, we appreciate you, but you know, you're just not good enough. And that was a hard pill to swallow. So then I reached back out to Joe Watson said, Hey, I want to get coaching. And I did that on top of working at D one sports Academy in Greenville. And I did volunteer work for two years. Um, And then got married, stepped away for a few years, got into sales and uh, said, hey, I want to come back to coaching and got into Boiling Springs with Rick Tate and then Rick Tate retired and I was living in Lawrence. And so I was trying to come back home. And that's where I ended up talking with Coach Smith at Lawrence High School and got close to home. And I'm really enjoying working three miles from the school and being a part of the community. And it really changes the coaching aspect when you're close. Absolutely, Coach. So a couple of off the scripts here. We've been asking everybody, of course, as the series has been going on too, we've asked more and more questions. How old are you currently? <laughs> I'm currently 32. Okay, okay, all right, no big <laughs> deal. Um, and you are a – are you a certified teacher right now? Yeah, so I got certified through PACE program. Okay. And I got my master's through Upstate in Education. So I'm certified in business ed, but I got a master's in literacy. So I can kind of be a literacy coach if I need to be later in life. Um, Try to be well diverse. That's right. That's right. And you are currently coaching outside linebackers right now? That's correct. It was really just one position. It was kind of like a 4-2-5 working with a hybrid linebacker, mainly because that's where my experience and where I played. Um but my main experience is linebackers. I've coached D-line and DBs. I really enjoyed coaching safeties. So if that ever opportunity comes back, I might take it. Or you know, looking to be a DC one day as well. So looking to move up into those ranks. Absolutely. So you kind of stole the thunder there. What are your ultimate goals as far as in education and coaching? Yeah, so ultimate goal is to be a head coach and run your own program. Um, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm very 
goal oriented guy and I, I don't mind being a role player but I also you know one day I want to lead my own ship and I'm learning all about culture and programs and what all that takes and that's that's my ultimate goal and I enjoyed the business side of schooling so I don't mind teaching accounting and working on communication in the classroom those are easy for me and something I can help the kids out with that's awesome coach that's definitely a little bit of a different perspective as far as in the classroom too than what we've had um but a couple of great points and I'm just gonna kind of um piggyback here off a coach is I've been asking these guys you know do you want to be a head coach things like that and overwhelmingly it's been yes and I think for a lot of coaches that are position coaches coordinators that is the goal but I know for me I don't know about for you coach probably the same but like I don't know how great I would be, how detailed, how elite I would try to be if I was just okay with being a position coach. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I commend dudes who are like, nah, dude, I just want to coach a position and that's it. I'll be real with you. I don't I don't know how elite I could be as a position coach or as a coordinator if that was kind of it for me. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a driving force for me. I think it's, it's kind of I hard. Think it's more of a de-stressor. I mean – so I fought with that concept talking to a few of my mentors and a lot of them are not head coaches. They're just a position coach. They're not even a coordinator. You know, they find pride in just what they do, knowing that they help along with the process, but it was more of a less stress. Well, Hey, sometimes the money's not worth it. Sometimes the time isn't worth it as a position coach. You're given more freedoms to go do something else. And so with me having a kid, Heck, sometimes a position coach gives me more time to be with him than if I had to lead a program and be at practice every day or be at workouts every day and had to be there from start to finish. Sure. You know, that's a, it's a huge commitment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you even, once again, you're rolling right into this, Coach. I love this. He <laughs> kind of briefly mentioned mentors. So who are a couple of your mentors? And I know I put coaching. We tell everybody this, too. If you have any just life mentors you'd like to mention, that's fine. Yeah, so the biggest mentor was Joe Watson. Um, he's the reason why I got into coaching. Uh, he passed away my second year into coaching, and that's kind of another reason why I stepped back was he's the reason why I love football, and he, somebody I try to emulate on the field is who I want to coach like. And then at Bowling Springs, I got Curtis Nash and Joe Goff, who's at Woodruff um, High School now. These guys were huge in understanding kind of just your role and, and being happy where you're at. So when I was coaching at the JV level and wanted to get varsity more and be more involved, you know, JV is the feeder. And so if you can develop those kids right, your varsity is going to be that much better. And so there was like a, a click in my head as far as, hey, actually, I have a lot of power at the JV level. And I can make our varsity really good or really sucky depending on how, how involved I am with the JV kids or even the ninth grade kids, C team. So they were huge in my mindset change of, Hey, I, I went to go play NFL football and I got to try out and get these invites. You know, I'm somebody, but at the coaching level, there's a lot to learn. And these guys really taught me a lot. And then even, Coach Taylor, I played for him my freshman year at JL Man, and then kind of saw him 
at the end of his career at Lawrence, and he's really getting us plugged in with the South Carolina Football Coaches Association and really getting us to network and get to know other coaches and to to build relationships on the coaching side, not just the player side. And it's great learning from him. All great names, coach, and really yeah. great reasons of why they are your mentors, you know. And just something I'm kind of seeing from coach guys, I don't know him at or from me either, other than texting these guys. And very level-headed dude. You can tell he's been around some older souls, you know, just seeing that <laughs> from the 15 minutes we've been talking. You know what I mean? That's awesome. So – we always talk about bridging the gap with this question. Uh, Coach Cromer made it a great statement. I want to put it on a shirt, uh, our next YCA shirt, but bridging the gap between older coaches and younger coaches. Why is that important? I mean, it's, it's the continuation of the program. It's, it's building the love of the game and keeping the passion alive, especially in an industry that's fighting all the science and concussion protocols and COVID, the dip in numbers. The, the younger coaches have the connection with the younger kids, but they might not have the same knowledge as the older coaches. And so bridging that gap is vital when it comes to keeping a program sustainable in life through years. Cause you know, Dorman might, might be solid firsthand. You had Dave Gutshaw, one of the greats lead that program forever. And then, you know, who was his replacement? And, you know, he, he spent a year there and, leaves for personal reasons and now they're hiring a young jake morris who i was lucky enough to play with at north greenville it's a great guy i mean very passionate but does he have the same knowledge as dave gutshaw no but i know he learned and bridging that gap is what prepares these young men to to take over one day so it needs to happen absolutely and i think something that you know doesn't need to be stated, but I'm going to say it anyway. We always say it's all about the kids, right? So to keep it at a high elite level, you have to bridge the gap. You know what I mean? You, you can't bring in poor quality, right, coaching and just expect the football to be the same and to take these kids, you know, to the ceiling like we always talk about as far as on the field and off the field. And that's what those older coaches are good at doing, right? So bridging the gap is very important just for the kids. Um, Coach, we're rolling here, man. We got two defensive guys on today again. Uh, we don't have Coach Willis on, so we're not going to get the rambling in. Got to get my <laughs> shots in, guys, while he's off. But uh, no, we're we're crushing it, Coach. So let's go ahead and jump into our first question of our air it out. So, um, just a reminder, guys. We've been saying it every episode, but maybe this is the first time you're tuned in just to listen to Coach. The 35 and Under Academy, this is the first year the Football Coaches Association has done it here in South Carolina. Um, we're kind of doing a similar program like Texas and Georgia and um, the AFCA has been doing 35 under 35. So we want to highlight these guys, these guys 35 and under. Uh, we've selected 15 of them through our Coaches Association, and the YCA has the opportunity to interview every single one of these guys, and that's what we've been doing kind of weekly or biweekly or however we got to it. But coaches on just to kind of share some knowledge, and then when we get done with these, it'll be right around the time for the all-sports clinic in Greenville that Tuesday. All of these guys are going to get together and kind of have like a true professional development day. Um, there'll be some different sessions from principals, ADs, very successful older coaches with a lot of experience. And Coach Willis and I have the opportunity to kind of sit in the back, kind of, 
hide in the back and listen and take some notes down as well. So we're excited for that. But that's kind of what this 35 and under academy is here for South Carolina. So, Coach, kind of going into that, our first question on our air it out would be, what are you personally hoping to gain through this academy? Uh, really just the wisdom. I mean, I, I like to think I know a lot, but as I learn, I realize I know nothing. And learning from other coaches my age, younger, older, they give different perspectives, different avenues as far as, you know, they have a different life. They've experienced things differently. And, you know, one day I hopefully I'll be a head coach learning from all these men and, and people with their wisdom. It's, it's all going to make me better. Sometimes it might humble me because I realize I'm not that great, but I'm looking to just become a better coach, become a better teacher, better husband. Honestly, this can all be applied to all aspects of life, not just football. Can't say it better than that, guys. I mean, you got to you got to be able to learn, right? I mean, I was always told as a kid, I'm I'm normally a pretty quiet guy. Um try to just kind of listen, right? So you've got two ears, one mouth. Very simple. So I'm <laughs> definitely going to be using those two ears kind of like coaches during that professional development day. So this is the part, Coach, where you do have to use your mouth and kind of brag. And these guys, I'm not. When I say brag, you kind of you got to highlight yourself a little bit here, Coach. And this has been hard for some coaches to do. So, if you could hang your hat on one thing, being the best at one aspect of coaching, could be anything. What do you think it is? Well, you took a you took away what I wanted to say, uh, which I guess a lot of people would say building relationships. But outside of that. The next thing I would say is passion. Um, I have a passion for the game. I have a passion for, for kids. It's not a, hey, I'm just here to collect a paycheck. I'm here to put in the work just like you are. So every summer I'm out there lifting weights and running with the guys. And in practice, I'm running the drills with the guys because I'm a visual type learner. I have to visually show people what I'm expecting them to do. And yes, sometimes I fail and I mess up and the kids laugh at me, but it shows the kids that I'm here with them. And to me, that brings, that helps build those relationships. My passion for, for the game, the love of the sport. I mean, I, I left the business world and sales and money to do what I'm passionate about. And it took, a, it was a hard step back when I made that change because you go from making up in the six figures to down to $36,000 and a coping a coaching stipend and you're doing the same amount of work. And, you know, kids build off of my energy and heck, even other coaches build off my energy. Even at Lawrence, when I showed up, we had young coaches where they saw another coach running with the players. They joined in. And that's kind of maybe that bridging the gap where, Young coaches don't know what they can do with the players and older coaches do, but maybe they don't have the physical capabilities. So luckily being at 32, I can still run. Sometimes I pull my back and that's okay, but I'm still out there working with the kids punishment runs. I'll go and do it with the kids. Maybe not all the time, but those, those kids, those players see the passion. They see that I'm in off season workouts with them and they feed off that energy and it helps build the program. So I like to think that I can hang my hat on just the passion and love of the game. 
and this is kind of why we asked this question and kind of told these guys like, hey, let's stay away from building relationships because we want to have an interesting perspective. And I think Coach brings that. I uh, don't think we've had anybody truly say passion. And there's a lot of truth in that. I, I can kind of just listen to him. I can hear the passion. You know what I mean? That's a unique perspective. And, Coach, just a quick off-the-script question. How Was it refreshing when you finally made that switch in your career and got back to kind of what you're passionate about and love to do? Was that very refreshing the first day you got out there at practice after making that move? How was that? Well, you know, I'd spent six hours out there, and it felt like I spent 30 minutes. I mean – when I was working before, I was working nonstop, getting phone calls in the middle of the night, and it just was, I mean, it was stressful. It, it drained you. you. You felt tired all the time. It felt like there was no end. Well, when I got back into football, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to get back here tomorrow morning. Let's go. And when, it, when the kids see that, they're like, hey, let's go. So sometimes with not being as knowledgeable in some areas, that passion can offset the lack of knowledge and just being real with the kids. They, they, they see it and they, they're going to trust you no matter what. So it was a huge difference in my life, huge difference in my, my marriage, my day to day, just happy what I'm doing. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why I kind of wanted to get your perspective on that. Cause a little different path, you know what I mean? Um, I've definitely heard of some people doing the same as you jumping back into teaching and coaching. But for the most part, a lot of coaches listening, probably traditional path, you know, like college, coaching from the jump, teaching from the jump, maybe playing a little bit of ball and then moving into it. But that's definitely unique, you know, and that's something that people need to hear. And it takes away the, uh, you know, if you're always in it, it takes away the importance of football. So like outside of football for those kids who don't go anywhere, football was just a story for them. It's not their life. It's not everything. And getting into the business world, you know, most people just don't care about football and what it does, or they might not care about high school sports and, and what it does for individuals and to see that aspect and then be able to talk to the kids and be like, look, I've, I've been on the other side. Football isn't my life, but it is a passion. And I'm able to tell the difference between the two. Absolutely. Great answer there, Coach. So here's what we're going to do. Before we get into our overtime, we're going to take a quick break and come right back. Final half of Coach's interview here. Uh, we're jumping into one of my favorite times where we kind of give the mic to the interviewee, but we've got our overtime session here. And just to remind you guys, we always try to do overtime with our guests, no matter whether it's a long podcast or a short one. And we kind of throw the mic at them and just say, just start. Questions, topics, doesn't matter. So I think Coach has something for us. He's going to go ahead. I'm going to throw in the mic, and let's see what he's got. Yeah, so a topic that's always hit home to me, being a, a young coach transitioning to being an older coach, is seeing the different coaching styles out on the field. And, and the two biggest ones that I've seen are the laid-back, be quiet, and talk to you later person st uh, coaching style compared to the let me scream in your face and try to get the high energy coaching style and you know growing up that's what i was used to getting was a bunch of screaming and hey you're 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 garbage type deal then that'll motivate you to do better and now with 
coming in with younger coaches coming in, their coaching style is a little bit more laid back and kind of just talking to the kids instead of what we think of coaching. And my, my questions for everybody's like, Hey, what's your coaching style? And is it appropriate for the time that you're in? I've, I've seen coaches scream at kids and they shut down and I've seen coaches talk to kids and they don't respond. So what is the coaching style that's best fit? Obviously mine is more uh, a mixture of both. I, I, I do prefer to talk to players and come beside them and try to talk to them as, as a person and not really scream at them. But there's a couple of times where you have to scream at them because they'll respond. You just, which coaching style is best? Where do you see it shifting to? Um, coach, in, in your experience, where do you see coaching styles shift to with the difference of kids? I mean, we definitely have a different set of players nowadays. What do you see? Uh, great topic, by the way. Love this. So this kind of goes into the building relationships part as a coach, right? So if I had to kind of pigeonhole myself, I would say just like you, a mix of both. Um, to me, it comes down to, and this might be like stereotypes, right? But honestly, what type of position you're at and what you're trying to get from those kids. Um, you know, I've seen people do it different ways, but I still think, you know, you're, you're up front, your line of scrimmage guys, you don't have to treat your kids like garbage, but you've got to bring it every day as far as an offensive line coach or a defensive line coach. I just feel like on the field, it needs to be business to me. You know what I mean? Let's, but the high energy, like you talk about, and the passion has to be there when the kids do it right as well. Mm -hmm. You know, right. as far as up front. Um, linebackers, I'm currently doing um, inside linebackers, and right now during the summer, I'm doing inside and outside, you know, and doing the coordinating and all that thing. And I try to have a mix, but as far as a linebacker guy, or maybe even tight end H back, we can kind of correlate the offense defense. I think it's got to be um, high energy, but I think you can kind of whisper to those guys just a little bit more than the line, you know, just just a little bit more of laid back, especially if you've got an older group, you know what I mean? If you've got juniors, seniors, and those guys have been in the program for a while, there's no need to scream at them because it comes to a point where it's like, all right, if you're not going to fill this gap, if you're not going to read this guy, you're just going to get out, right? And then, you know, as far as their secondary – and your skill guys, especially your quarterbacks, I think you've got to be um, a little bit more of a whisper, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Um, of course, it's kid to kid, but I feel like you need to fit a certain role as far as where you are on the field, too. Um, so to not kind of brush it away from myself, I would be a mix, just kind of like you, Coach. Um, mm -hmm. I try to build that relationship off the field as – um, kind of joking around with the kids a little bit. Like, I, I love to be serious. Like, we talk culture every day in my meetings. I'm very fortunate to have meetings with the high school kids during the summer, and we start with some type of culture, right? Some aspect, I'm hitting that every day. That's a big deal with Coach Turner. So after that, you know, we'll watch film. We'll do a little install. But I make sure I'm joking around with those kids or how was your weekend or, you know, who's working where. Or he, you know, here's the deal. Or did you all watch this game last night? Like, once you have that relationship with that kid coach, you and I both know you can coach him however he needs to be coached. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as my style, it would have to be a mix, man. It's got to be. And then I always tell the kids, like, I'm this guy. Like, bro, if I stop talking to you, there's a problem. That's right. There's a problem. 
Because at some point, I'm that guy. It's like, if he can't do it, he can't do it. Screaming's not going to help. I know I was, you know, kind of like you said, uh, my coaches weren't, like, putting me in trash cans and stuff, you know. <laughs> but um, my coaches were definitely hard on us. It wasn't really as a personal relationship as it is now. Right. I feel like that's a big deal, Coach, to kind of go along with your question. These kids, man, if you don't build that relationship with them, good luck. Good luck, man. They're going to see right through your BS. Yeah, and you can't be hard on those kids. No. They won't listen. But no. I do have a follow-up as sure, well. So, sure, sure. Um, being a defensive guy, I've always coached defense. I never coached offense. Same. You know, defense, we always have to prepare for whatever offensive formation or play we see. But I've never seen, and maybe I might be wrong, but I've never seen an offense prepare for whatever defense they might see. You know, they just kind of, they perfect what they do. And do you think there's a defensive formation out there where offensive coordinators now have to adjust and plan to defeat that formation? Because my mind, you know, I'm not as well wisdom with the other coaches, but there's got to be a defensive formation out there that'll affect offensive formations and make coaches plan like defensive coaches plan. Um, so this is just for fun. Sure. No, bro. This is what this is about. This is a YCA (laughs) dog. We're we're not, you know, we're professionals. It can be, but I I love this question too. I I freaking, I'm telling you, I love overtime because you know, we, we send these guys an outline and, you know, we keep it very on script. This is the time where he's just throwing something at me and I've got to respond pretty quick. And I love this question. Um, honestly, coach, I think no, because offensive guys are whiteboard wizards, just being honest with you. Um, but I will, I will say, I think the more, and I'm just going to be real with South Carolina here, the more advanced quote, and he can see my quotes, the more advanced level of high school football as far as schemes like your Oklahoma's, your Texas, your Georgia's, you're seeing on Twitter everywhere they have uh, like the three high look in the back end. But I feel like overall, Coach, it can't be – like there is no magical formation uh, as far as all 11. I think in the back end, the three high stuff is kind of messing with people because it's new to them. And I'll also feel like up front, it's just the multiple looks. And I'll be honest with you here, you know, I'm trying to put in uh, kind of a new scheme, brand new scheme here at Hanahan, and we're just trying to be multiple, you know what I mean? So I think up front, it's true multiple, right? So it eliminate, like, for example, you know, offensive line coach is going into it at high school. He's saying, all right, are they even, are they odd, or are they both? Right. 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 So then Monday is, hey, we're getting ready for odd out of our three runs, you know, or, you know, Tuesdays, three out of the even. And then Wednesday, they mix it up and scout. But I feel like that's kind of to me, it'd be like, how multiple can you get defensively? And I the, the buzzword to me is the three high safety look as far as the back end, as far as passing concepts. I feel like that is really messing with some OCs, but I feel like all 11, not really. They're just going to find something they like out of whatever you have. Very true. I've, I've found the same three high safety look is, can be troublesome at times. I'm sure they'll find an answer for three high safety, but sure. you know, you know, my head, I was thinking along with the three high safety is a five man front and say, Hey, if you, you if you think you can mess with us up front, well, I got a five man front for you. 
Um, it's still a defense I'm playing around with. Um, I'm, I'm getting wisdom from a lot of guys as far as what defense I'll run. But I am leaning towards that three-high safety, five-man front, kind of like the old Steelers package with with their 3-4 yep. type style. Uh, being able to blitz or, or send him back in coverage whenever. Um, you know, just causing chaos as best you can to mess up those OCs. But I, I would like to get on the offensive side of the ball and, and learn a bit from them as best I can one day. Because I'm like you, I, I don't know if there is defensively. I just would like to see the offensive people plan as much as defensive people plan. But that's just my experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sundays are a little bit easier <laughs> offensively, isn't it, Coach? We can just say, yeah. just be real, man. It's all right, guys. They one high or two high. All right, they odd or even. All right, we're going home. That's right. It always feels like that. Well, defense, we're stuck in there for four to six hours, and you're like, oh. Crap, we didn't miss this play. We That's got to prepare right. for this, and uh, just it's a lot of work, and you know, just I want to give that same opportunity to offense one day. Just give them a bunch of work. Uh, that, and I'll <laughs> be honest with you, as far as a coordinator, one thing, one um, thing I have as far as getting ready for game plan. So I'm a very simple dude. Um, we're trying to be very multiple in the front, in the back end. We're not as multiple right now. Um, those kids. Haven't really got there yet, to be honest with you. It's a lot on their plate. But yeah. uh, one thing that I try to say to everybody as far as players and staff and the whole deal defensively is let's prepare for their 80% and try to make them on Fridays do that 20% that they only worked on for an indie period of 10 minutes and then two plays during their <laughs> team. Yeah, that's kind of I, I mean, for me, that that's kind of the mentality I have as far as a D.C. is let's take away their three favorite runs, three favorite passes and make them get in something different. You know, I mean, as far as defensively, yeah. that's all we can do. And man, I, I it's just flashbacks when you said, hey, we're in there for four to six. And it's like, well, coach, <laughs> we missed this H look, you know, and then you look at the percentages and they've ran counter three times out of this formation and you spend 30 minutes and then there's that one coach that's like hey coach what about this fit and this coverage and it's like oh god here we go <laughs> well you say that and we had this one at boiling springs we we were facing chapman and we're like hey this is what they do 90 percent of the time and that's what we prepared and we might have did what you said just one or two plays of the random stuff and sure enough, man, they came out first play running that one to two percent, and they ran it the whole game. Of course, and they they crushed us. And of course, that's the uh, current Spartanburg coach now. Right, right. Um, but they just crushed us, and we were like, man, we hardly practiced this. That's right. Because it was not what they did, but you know, he he surprised us. You know, it's just a testament to how hard they study and how hard they're putting in at scheming against. An, an opponent and you know we were doing the same thing i just i'm never going to forget that knowing like hey as coaches we did all we we usually do and it always works this way but that one game where it just they pulled out the one percent the whole game absolutely and it, and it just crushed us <laughs> coach i got one for you we ended up being uh pretty dominant in a win but for the first half it was absolutely terrible just like you said, we played uh, Marble County when 
Coach Boyd was still there, and they were, um, you know, gun, empty trips. They were like 75-25, pass to run. And then we got in a playoff game. I guess they got some people hurt maybe, or they just figured they didn't have the horses to go against us, and it was too tight wishbone, too tight wing um, all night. And they had never shown that on film, and they came to us and got in it first couple drives. And it's Marble County, you know, so there's some dudes, right? So it wasn't – it was, yes, quote-unquote a little sloppy, but for never running it, it was seamless there for the first half. It had us on our heels. So you brought back a horror story right there. Sometimes I have nightmares about that still. Us yeah, defensive guys have a lot, man. We got so much on our plate, dude. But, uh, Coach, I shoot, I loved your overtime topics, man. That was awesome. Um, I think my ultimate answer, as I was kind of thinking about it too, as far as what stumps an offense is having a defensive line like Georgia. Okay, let's oh, just be real, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, we could be real. That was just a dominating D-line when sure. you're that – just animalistic and just angry and heck they're out there having fun they're smiling that's while right they're doing it and being pretty gap sound and technical too and <laughs> what they're doing i mean that's that's an equalizer right there i think that would stop a true all 11 on offense right there but that's kind of hard to find at the high school level right <laughs> yeah you might get one of those maybe two if you're lucky sure but and that, and that guy's getting tripled you know what i mean that guy's getting doubled and tripled all the oh, time yeah the offensive line's doing things to stop him. And sure. There's no answer when they do. That's right. That's right. So, Coach, let's uh, let's end it on a high note since we're on a high note right now. Defensive guys Amen. just getting after it. Um, <laughs> just to kind of wrap up this overtime, we've been asking everybody this, is if you could give one or two pieces of advice to young, expiring coaches that are, you know, wanting to be in the position you're in or where you're going to be at some point, um, just go ahead and let it loose, Coach, what you got. Yeah, so the first thing is understanding the amount of power you have at each level. I think someone else kind of uh, spoke on that. Like, you, you might be a C-team coach. You might be a middle, middle school coach. You might be a JV coach. But you are prepping that next generation for varsity, and you have a ton of power for varsity coaches, for varsity players. So embrace that position you're in. Please don't try to take it as like, hey, I'm not good enough because honestly, you have a ton of power for those kids enjoying the game, coming back the next year and keeping them part of their class. That all starts at the younger age. And so those younger coaches are huge. So that's one piece of advice. And then the second piece of advice is why are you doing it? And I think a lot of people puts it out as what is your why and what are you giving up kind of figure out what's your why and then that's going to really tell you where you want to go in life and where you want to spend all your focus if you love family time well then maybe a head coach or coordinator is not your gig and you just be an assistant coach and you get that family time and if you don't have a family say, hey i really want to build a program well then go be a head coach chase after it study i mean put in the work as you did as a football player and any other any other athlete and go chase after it that's the other advice. Great pieces, Coach, and, and your why, that's a big deal, right? Like, you don't want to get five to seven years into this and stop one day and be like, why the heck am I doing this? You know what I mean? I mean, then yeah. <laughs> I've seen some guys do that, and they're they're not coaching anymore, and that's great for them. It worked out great for them. But, 
this is to me it's not a profession you can sit there and just mindlessly do for a paycheck because it ain't much of a paycheck to begin with it all goes back to what you said you know as far as being your best out is being passionate right getting to do something you love i mean speaks volumes to me coach just uh we're having to do a lot of work we've got kind of a small staff and i'm coaching all three programs right now as far as you know jv varsity in our middle school level right now and coach wow. uh, i told him this before we got on i get home at 1 30 you know 1 1 2 o'clock every day and i'm yeah i'm exhausted but i'm like man i can't wait to get up and do it tomorrow you know yeah, it's, it's just that type of profession so i love coach's answers there man he's been a good one and i always love having a defensive guy on uh, especially a guy who's been you know had some experience at different levels and different levels on the field too so Really enjoyed having Coach on. Uh, you got any parting words for us, man? Uh, I'm excited to see this program grow. I'm looking forward to the years to come, see who joins in and see how big our network can grow. Because, I mean, ultimately, when all coaches like each other and we're all at different schools and we're, we're building that relationship off and kids are watching, they're like, oh, you know that coach, oh, you know that coach. And they start to see it's more than just football. It's, it's a, it's a family as far as no matter where you go in South Carolina, you're going to have somebody who knows your coach or who knows you. And, yep. and, and I'm excited that this is coming, well, hopefully is helping that grow, helping that um, aspect of football grow. Absolutely. And like I said, man, we've really enjoyed having coach on. I'm excited to get around him and the other guys on that Tuesday of the All Sports Clinic and learn and network and grow, right? That's right. All right, guys, until next time, get ready for our next interview. All right, that's all we've got for today's episode of the YCA Podcast. Thanks for listening, and make sure you go to Spotify and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to check us out on Twitter at YCA underscore podcast. Follow, like, retweet, and share the YCA podcast, and feel free to send questions or content ideas you'd like to be covered in the future. Thanks again for listening. This is Cam Willis signing off. Until next time, see you.